We'll go ahead and open up for our weekly Bible study for uh, 8.20.06. And I just wanted to go over uh, a couple things here before we get into the lesson. These are some um, symbols I recently emailed out on... uh, Symbols that we see a lot of times in everyday life, and we're not really aware what these symbols are actually representative of. The first one is a symbol called the caduceus. And uh, I'm just going to pass around to the people here. You can see that. Okay, you've seen that. Okay. Now, you'll see these on uh, doctor's offices or in, in regard to the medical profession, that, that's their symbol. Okay. Now, they'll say um, that I, I believe there maybe their justification is when Moses was in the, was, uh, was in the desert and they, he said, take a brazen serpent and put it on a pole and look at it, and when you look at it, you'll be healed. Because there was sin in the camp, and this is the way that God had them... Uh, get healed. Why that is, I, I'm not 100% sure. We'd have to do a whole Bible study on that whole whole thing. But this is, it's called, this symbol is, it's just on, okay, this symbol is called the caduceus symbol. Now, there was a practice I used to work at that had one of these on the door. I mean, it was a big one. In fact, it was part of the handle. It was, it was big, gigantic. It was woodwork in the, I mean, it was, ex, this had to be high dollar. Um, and I just, I went out there one day and just chiseled the thing right off the door. Even though it really wasn't mine to do, but I, I chiseled the whole thing off. It took me a whole day on a week, and then I had to re-shellack the door. It was, it was crazy. And then nobody ever said anything about it, so I was like, oh, praise God, you know. But yeah, it was, it was a, some serious woodworking, this thing, and it was about. It's huge. It's gigantic. This big point. And I don't think, and this one, it has the wings, which, um, really, if it was just purely a brazen serpent on a pole, you'd just see the snakes in the pole. This one has wings. Now, there's an occult jewelry, sh- jewelry site on the internet. Um, this guy's name's Mark DeFratis, and it's, it's markdefratis.com, and he makes occult jewelry. And this is a, a witch that makes jewelry for other witches, and you go up there and you buy it. Well, I've found this site to be an incredible education tool for a Christian. Now, why would you say, well, why? You shouldn't be going up there looking at that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, if you don't know that this is evil, well, do you think that might affect... uh, uh, potentially affect you down the road? I mean, what if you're what if you're bringing all these symbols into your house? What if what if you're... There's so many things that can go along this where we can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay? Or if not totally destroyed, hurt. Hindered for lack of knowledge. I mean, if we can be destroyed, certainly we can be hindered. You know? Um, so, this is just one of those things where, where a lot of times we don't have a, an idea. But... What this man does is, is next to every symbol, he gives the occult meaning. Now, this is not coming from some Christian fringe site. This is coming from an occultist. This is how they practice their religion. This is not uh, open for debate in, the, in, their, in their realm of thinking. This is just what this is, okay? 
The caduceus is is the wand of Hermes. Now Hermes is the god of death. And it's interesting to note, and I, this is just all coming off of, off the cuff here. Sorry. This is all coming off the cuff here. Westcott and Hort, who were the um, Anglican... Uh, uh, I don't know if you'd call... I don't think they were priests. Were they priests? Westcott and Hort? I don't, I don't think they were. But they were involved in the Anglican Church, and I believe they were commissioned by that in order to, in order to do a retranslation of the Bible... And in 1881, they finally had their masterpiece called the Revised Version. And from that version spawned all of the other false versions that we have today from Westcott and Hort. They used two corrupt text types in order to do their translation. One called the Vaticanus and the other called the Sinaiticanus. Both of them were Catholic manuscripts. Both of them were very, very inaccurate. Both of them contradicted each other in numerous places. Both of them came out of the Catholic Church. One was found at the base of Mount Sinai in a monastery, a, 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 a devil monastery, essentially. And the other was found in the, in the Vatican. And that's why one's called the Vaticanus and the other's called the Sinaiticanus, because it was found at the base of Mount Sinai in this monastery. I've seen pictures of this monastery, and it's, it's a great place. They've got, like, stacks of human skulls in there. They've got whole human skeletons chained up in them. And this is where this, this is where the new Bible version spawned from. And then we go back further from the Catholic Church. Well, where, where did they get their manuscripts? From Alexandria, Egypt. The school of Alexandria originally was where Origen, who was, a, who was an apostate and all these other people came, and they developed a false Bible version. This was the original New Age Bible version. This was, this was the, the original counterfeiting of the Word of God. Because you had to figure Satan was going to try to counterfeit the Word of God. Because what was the first sin? Well, really the first sin of mankind in the Bible, where Satan went to Eve and tempted her. What did he do? He said, Yea, hath God said. That was the first thing out of his mouth to Eve. Well, what is that? He questioned God's Word. Well, that's what we're doing today with all our false Bible versions. He's no different now. He's just, he's just, it's just, you know, thousands of years fast forward. And I believe he's polished his technique some also. Gotten a little better at what he, what he did. So, anyway, I kind of got off on the rabbit trail. But I said all that to say this. Hermes, Westcott and Hort, the two men that, that translated this, had a club called the Club of Hermes. They also had another club called the Ghostly Guild where they got together and they had seances and they talked to the dead and they invited people like Charles Darwin over. They were friends with Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin, the guy that, that, that invented modern day evolution theory that's going to take millions and millions and millions of people to hell. The same evolution theory that Hitler adopted as his basic um, premise for eradicating and exterminating all the Jews and all the Poles and all the other people. That's how... See, when you think we evolved from a rock that, that evolved into a monkey. Oh, and I forgot the primordial slime in the middle. Sorry. Sorry about that. Error on my part. So we got the rock, the rain raining on the rocks, and then that evolves into a primordial soup. And out of this primordial soup slash slime, it develops this amphibian-like type creature that crawls out of the ooze in the slime and then eventually ends up turning into a monkey and turns into us. Sounds plausible. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds like it could happen. Um, but see, evolution, which is what's being taught in the schools, when you teach somebody that, and when you grow up in that environment, you believe that we're just here kind of by random accident. We 
we die, we die, that's it. So live your life any any old way you want to live it. And it don't really matter. That's the fruit of evolution. So anyway, Westcott and Hort got together Charles Darwin. I, I believe even Madame Blavatsky was um, they were friends with her, who is the one of the most wicked women that's ever lived on the planet, was um, the founder of the uh, Theosophy Society, Luci- Lucius Trust, these types of things. And she, uh, they were all buddies, okay? But they had a club called the Club of Hermes, Westcott and Hort. It was their club. Hermes is the god of death, okay? And this Caduceus symbol is the wand of Hermes. So I said all that to say that. So I really got off on a rabbit trail there for a second. But anyway, little trivia. Little little demonic trivia for you to start out the old Sunday. Sorry. Lighthearted, whimsical stuff. Anyway, the Caduceus is the wand of Hermes. A symbol for the medical profession. The wand is combined a com- combination of intertwined snakes that refer to Ida in Pingali of Ayurvedic medicine. Now, Ida and Pingali are um, obviously Hindu deities because Ayurvedic is Hindu. Ayurvedic medicine is where we get a lot of fun practices in Hinduism like drinking your own urine, eating your own feces, um, stuff like that. Okay. Now, I'm not making this up. We also get out of Ayurvedic medicine tantric yoga. Tantric yoga is sex yoga. That is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yoga is this harmless thing. No, it's not. It's, it's straight from the pit of hell, is what it is. And yoga, the, the most debauched form of yoga is tantric yoga, which is all based out of Hinduism, which Ayurvedic medicine is, is linked in with that. And you, you see how corrupt this whole nasty mess is? And, um, you know... I could go way down a rabbit trail of tantric yoga. Um, but our Ayurvedic medicine is where we get these fun practices. And, and it's very, very common for Hindu people to drink their own urine. There was, there was a common saying that Winston Churchill had about Gandhi when he met him. He said, he basically described him as this weak little weakling man that had a glass of his own urine every day for, for breakfast. I mean, and, the, and there's this big... Uh, thing afoot right now where it's called urine therapy and it's you know sweeping the globe. I had to put out an email just to debunk the whole stupid thing because um, I had people emailing me about it and stuff. And they must prevent a, present a pretty convincing case because these people are like not wanting to do it, but they're like oh, just got no choice. I'm <laughs> like you got a choice, all right. Read this article. Um, so again. All I'm dealing with here, and all we really deal with, is is either either being is potentially being either hindered, hurt, or destroyed for lack of knowledge. All these things can can do that to you, okay? And the day and time we're living in, that's what we're supposed to look for, because the Bible says if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Well, I think the very elect is being deceived mightily right now. Now, does that mean I think that I'm walking in absolute truth in every single aspect? No, God may show me something to know that I did not know, that I need to get right. But we need to at least be opened, open to that possibility so that we can change. What does this all involve? It involves us constantly going around judging, judging, judging. Oh, 
Bible says, judge not lest we be judged. No, that was referring to a hypocrite judging in a hypocritical way. Read the context of that parable in the Gospels, okay? You have to read the context. Um, we need to rightly divide the word of truth, okay? And, and that's, that's very, very important. The Bible says, Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. The Bible also says in the New Testament, he who is spiritual judgeth all things. If we don't go around constantly judging things, we will be destroyed. We won't even make it through the day. Get, get behind your car wheel and go out there. Ah, I'm just going to go down the road and not do nothing. I'm not going to stop. I'm not. You'll be dead or in the hospital pretty quick. We have to judge all the time. And everybody does it. Um, it's just that when something chaps someone's hide that they're doing and somebody puts truth in front of them, then it's, oh, don't judge me. My mind's made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. doesn't matter what you put in front of those type of people. But they themselves go through their life constantly judging different matters and different situations and things of this nature. But as soon as something comes along their path that doesn't line up with their worldview or, 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 or that would maybe take away their sin, that's when they rear up. That's when they become the real hypocrite. Oh, don't you dare, you know. That's how it pretty much goes. At least that's my assessment of it. The Bible says in Proverbs 16.2, it says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Ooh, that's a pretty cool verse. All these people out there thinking all their ways are clean, but it's in their own eyes. Who cares? Who's your judge? All that matters is, are your ways clean before who's going to judge you when it's all said and done? When you, when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at either the judgment seat of Christ if you're a saved Christian, or the great white throne judgment, and there it won't really matter. You're still going into the lake of fire. What is it going to matter then? You have just invented your own religious system, which is what most people do. Most people are going to end up going to hell because they feel as though their religion is going to lead them to paradise, nirvana, wherever they call, wherever they end up going. They have bought into the lie. Why? Because their heart has deceived them. Jeremiah 17.9 The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Um, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death. These are all Bible verses I'm quoting here. So, it's something that... that um, and again, I just went off on another massive rabbit trail. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, it says that this wand, this wand of, this caduceus wand, is a combination of intertwined snakes that refer to Inda and Pingali. Now, I could have looked them up and found out what they were, but they're obviously Hindu, demonic, fallen angelic, most likely deities that are worshipped. And this is an Ayurvedic medicine. The energies flowing up the chakra flowing through the chakras up and down the spinal cord. This is the... Now, now chakras are these openings that um, they talk a lot about in Hinduism, in the New Age movement, and these are, these are openings that are like energy centers in our body. And they're right in the center, and there's like one here, and one here, and one here, and they go down. I think there's like seven. 
of them, I'm pretty sure. Um, the thing with something like chakras is I stay away from it like the plague because it's it's new age, it's 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 something that people that are heavily involved with witchcraft, with um, the new age movement, with a lot of like Hinduism and things like that, they really, really, really get in. When you start hearing about chakras, you always know to recoil. I'm not saying there's not anything to that, that there maybe are energy centers in there, and God created us that way, but you got to understand, Satan always attempts to pervert everything. You know, God made us a certain way, and Satan's going to try to, and what he's done with the alternative health care movement, which is really important, because most people are out there putting 60 octane fuel in their body. And if you put 60 octane fuel in your car, it wouldn't run right. Most people are out there poisoning themselves with the food and the water, and the answer lies in getting back to the way God's done this. But the problem is, is the New Age movements come in, and said, no, we own this piece of territory. And if you go to a health food store and you go here and you go here, you know, you got to fight the new age everywhere you're, you're walking. And Satan wants it that way. He's doing it that way for a purpose. I know, if, this, if there's any one thing I could say for sure, because I've, I've devoted most of my life to it, I've seen that my whole uh, medical, my whole chiropractic nutritional career. Satan has tried to constantly pervert the good that we need to know about health and nutrition and things of this nature. He's done a very good job at it. But it's very important we know these things, at least the true things about those, so that we can take care of ourselves. So that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, these types of things. Um, so this, this, um, this, this symbol, it says that these the energies flowing through the chakras, up and down the spinal cord. And the winged, and a winged Hermes, are also known as Mercury. Hermes is also known as Mercury. Okay. Um, and this is why most of our planets are named after, I guess, occult characters. Mercury, and when you, then you get into astronomy and astrology and all that stuff. Okay, that's, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit trail, because that's, that's a whole other study. But Hermes or Mercury, who is the god of healing, knowledge, and magic. Now, he's also the god of destruction. That's how I know Hermes. But they don't really want to say that here, because then you're going to get more of a sanitized version. Like, like Shiva, the main god of Hinduism, is the god of destruction also. But you'll see many accounts of Shiva, like I, I asked my mom about this one time, because she's in yoga, and I said, Mom, you know who Shiva is? Oh, yes, Shiva's this and this and this. I said, no, no. Shiva's the main Hindu deity. Of all the millions of Hindu deities, Shiva's the top, top dog, okay? And Shiva is the god of destruction. Well, I don't know about that. I said, it is! Look it up! But see, they're only told a sanitized version of that in yoga. Who's Shiva's daughter? Kali. Her name is spelled K-A-L-I. Who's Kali? The goddess of death. Chick Track has a track out where it deals with Kali, a, a missionary that went over there, and this thing actually manifested. Because over in India, it's so stinking demonically infested, these things will actually manifest at times. And, and Kali manifests with six arms, and she's got beheaded heads and plates to catch the blood. It's, it's, it's lovely. 
Um, but that's how this demonic entity actually manifests itself. Okay. So Hinduism is, I mean, we're talking, that's some dark, 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 nasty stuff, Hinduism. It's not this wonderful religion where everybody goes around and treats everybody wonderfully. It's, 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 it, all you have to do to see the fruit of Hinduism is go to India. Spend a little time over in India. My mom's friend, who is totally off the deep end with New Age, she went over there. Now, she's Mrs. New Age. She's done every kind of crazy yoga thing. She has her own institute. She's went over to China and all, studied every kind of New Age, you know. Every time I see her, she looks worse and worse and worse, too. And in the pursuit of health, and yet she looks worse every time I see her. She went over there, and she said that they have to wear gas masks when they go and they just walk around the streets in India. Gas masks. She said the stench is so stinking, unbearable over there. Because, you know, they have the god of feces they worship. And, you know, the god of urine. They let the cows poop everywhere. They take the cow poop and they, they put it all over. I mean, you should see how they use cow feces. This is the religion of Hinduism. Okay? And the, the stench is just evidently unbearable. And when she got back, because she went over there to supposedly get spiritually enlightened, and I don't know if it was my mom or my dad asked her about, well, how did your trip... She started cussing violently about India. What a nasty, this wonderful, new age, have-it-all-together yoga guru started cussing, really, really saying bad, bad words about her experience over there, saying it was the most horrific, terrible... The men over there treat the women like dirt. You know, it would just went on and on. So, yeah, that's the fruit of Hinduism. And this is coming from a New Ager that went over there. <laughs> so, I can't imagine a, Christ, a Christian's perspective of it. Now, I pray to God their souls be saved. For, for it's God's will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Their problem is that they're very, very, very ungodly, but the problem is, is the presence of true Christianity is almost zero. Now, there, there are people getting saved over there. Okay, there are people, and, and once they get saved, they undergo severe persecution, just like about any other place where evil is taken over that to that extent. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty nasty place. Um, and then he, he goes on here to say, this is our take on the symbol that represents the healing professions. It can also be seen as two intertwined state, snakes not fighting because of the greater good of healing. That's why the snakes aren't fighting. They're actually cooperating. Hermes is also called the trickster god. But that's another story. So he's associated with a lot of different things. But, but death is one of the main things he's associated with. And, and then you think his name's Mercury. And then you, you see where they've used the word Mercury in a lot of different things, like the car Mercury, the whole car line Mercury. They do this stuff for a reason. People say, oh, it's just a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. Most of the people at these very, very, very high-level companies know exactly what they're doing because they are occultists, because they are part of the whole controlling global elite families that basically run the world. They're the ones that own these companies. That's why they label their products many, many times very cold phrases. And that's a whole other story. Um, this, this little symbol here is called Lambda. Now, this is, you, you were 
frequently see this symbol like when you see fraternities, lambda, 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 or whatever. Okay, it's a, uh, we'll get into it in a second here. It's a, um, a symbol that's a lot of times people have seen. Now this symbol, this occult jewelry maker says, originated in Sparta, the ancient Greek warrior state, where warriors were encouraged to pair off as lovers and then look out for each other on the battlefield. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay. I had never heard this. I, I'm sorry, but... How does a guy, once he's paired off with another guy... How does that embolden him to go out on the battlefield and do battle? You talk about the most unmacho thing you could possibly do. Yeah, we just we're, we're talking here um, in regard to this whole matter about how whenever you have a very, very, very debauched society, the end result of that society always, always, always. Is homosexuality, sodomy. Always that's the end result. You look at I mean, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom, which is where we get the word sodomy from. Um, you look at that and it's always connected. Every time. Uh, because it is the ultimate end of debauchery. When you end up at homosexuality, you're, you're, you're pretty much at the end of the rope there. Okay, and then you can get an all kind of sick, twi sick twisted variants even from that, but it's still pretty much the end of the road as far as perversion goes. This lambda symbol, and we are also talking about how the Nazis and the, the, the in Sparta, in Rome, uh, so many societies that end up being ultimately destroyed, um, end up here the same juncture. And, we're, and we're, we're really there in America just about, you know. The only thing that's really stemming the tide there is, I believe, God's mercy and the, and the small cr praying Christian remnant. That's about it. It's about the only thing I can see holding it back. Um, so this, this symbol originated in Sparta, uh, the ancient Greek warrior state, where warriors were encouraged to pair off as lovers and then look out for each other on the battlefield. I see that that doesn't that I'm sorry it just does not compute to me how a guy could look at another guy and 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 say I gotta have him I'm sorry that doesn't that's not in my software pattern I don't understand that it doesn't make any sense I mean that is the most disgusting repulsive why how could but it's so you gotta understand in order to get to that point. I believe you've really got to be just totally demonically taken over and infested in order to, for your mindset to be so bad that, that, you, that you want that. That doesn't compute. I mean, that's the most, as far as being unmanly thing I could possibly think that any man could ever do. I don't know. I don't mean to say that like I'm so perfect, but I just, it doesn't, it's never computed to me and I don't understand it. I just don't. The whole thing, and then they look on the look out for each other on the battlefield. They're lovers, which which supposedly decreased the slaughter of battle. Oh well, there was a good result there from from this. Great. It is naturally a symbol of gay male love. 
The lambda is the Greek letter L and stands for gay liberation. Liberation L. Now, there's another symbol that's tied in with this and this is called the rainbow flag. Now, you know what the rainbow flag is? Here's, here's a picture. You, you've seen it. Just show it to Nonetta. So. Now, if you want me to email this email to you, just email me at Dr. Johnson at A... Or not AOL. I don't use AOL. They're evil. That's that's a whole other thing. They're totally evil. I would advise you highly not to use AOL in any way, shape, or form. They are big brother on the internet. Um, but um, Dr. Johnson at ix.netcom N-E-T-C-O-M dot com uh, You email me and you say you want the, the email on these symbols and I'll email it to you. The rainbow flag is the symbol of um, the gay community since 1978 when it first appeared in the San Francisco Gay and Lesbian Freedom Day Parade. Borrowing symbols from the hippie movement, black civil rights, San Francisco artist Gilbert Baker designed the rainbow flag in response to a need for a symbol that could be used year after year. The six colors of the flag, six being the number of, you know, man, the number of, uh, you know, not good stuff, 666, you know, we, we could go down that rabbit trail all day long. The six colors of the flag are red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sun, green for nature, blue for harmony, purple for spirit. Whatever. Whatever. The, the point is, is when you see this flag and you'll see these on cars. I saw one that had this flag and then right next to it, in the bumper sticker, it said, we are everywhere. I see them now. They have all these little, little cutesy ways of hiding the flags. They'll be like... Um, in triangles, and we're going to get into that in a second. They'll have the flag embossed in like a little symbol. They'll have the flag in um, all kind of different ways. But you look for the colors, because gays like to communicate to other gays that they are gay. And that's one of the ways they do it. Because there's so much um, uh, sexual relations between gay people and they're, they're trying most of uh, many many of them are trying to have sex with as many other gay people as they can have and that's why you hear about these gay bathhouses and things of these natures where men will go into these bathhouses and literally have sex with with uh, 20 30 gay men at a shot in a day you know this really happens I mean this does um, and they use all these drugs in conjunction with all these gay male uh, escapades in order to heighten the sexual experience. But well known that they do this. And these, these men um, will go and they, they, they do all of this. And this is one of the reasons why there's so many sexually communicable diseases in the gay community. AIDS was originally introduced into the gay community, and that's a whole other rabbit trail we can go down. But that was actually introduced through the hepatitis B vaccine through our, via our government. Thank you. And if you doubt that, get a tape from Dr. Leonard Horowitz, who's an MD, who put out, and it's called Emerging Viruses. If you doubt that, that, that AIDS wasn't created in a laboratory by our government, watch that video. He's got all the documentation to prove it, every, every single bit of it. Um... So anyway, that was that was instituted into the gay community it, via the hepatitis B vaccine, I believe in 19... 
1978-79 in the cities of Chicago and San Francisco. That's why traditionally we've seen gay men come down with it. And then they spread it, okay? But this is their symbol, the rainbow flag. Um, and uh, again, it's a, it's a way that they can communicate with one another. And then there's this thing called the pink triangle. Now, this is, this is easy. That's what a pink triangle is. Pink triangle, okay? Now, this is the mo more popular and widely recognized symbol for the gay community. I didn't know that. There's a book called the Pink Swastika. That's a whole book on the Nazi regime and, and, and their homosexuality. Because, see, when the more debauched you become, Satan will always require more of his people in order to gain more and more power, in order to gain more and more stuff. And it always ends up going down the path of homosexuality every single time. Well, you can't think of much more people that were sick than the Nazis. And as a result of that thing, the Nazis, at the highest levels especially, were rabidly homosexuals. All these, all these big, you know, strapping Nazis, you know, they act real macho, and they're all having relations with one another. So that doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't see how you can combine the two, but they, they found a way to do it. So, um, these, um, these Nazis, um, this is one of their, the, this is this book, it's called the Pink Swastika. Now there's another symbol called the Bisexual Pride Flag, which is, which is this. I didn't know this. I didn't really know about the Pink Swastika very much either. That's what a bisexual gay pride flag would be. Okay. And that is, the pink color represents sexual attraction to the same sex, only gay and lesbian. And the blue represents sexual attraction to opposite sex. Um, and the resultant overlap of color, purple represents the sexual attraction to both sexes, which would be considered bisexual. So anyway, again, these are symbols that we may see, and we don't even, we don't have a clue. We don't even think they're evil. But again, it's important to know these things, because, I mean, you know, lest we be ignorant of his devices, and Satan get an advantage of us, so, um, I'll read this one thing at the end of this one. I went over in, in, in previous times, I've kind of touched on the intelligent design, how, um, intelligent design is, uh, straight from the pit of hell. And everybody, all the Christians think that intelligent design, if we can just get it in the schools, it'll be great because, you know, it's, it's this wonderful thing. And intelligent design is not creationism. Intelligent design is no better than, than really it's no better than evolution. I'm just going to read a real brief thing about this. Um... And this is entitled Intelligent Design and the Yoga Deception. President Bush is deceiving genuine Christians again. He's one of the main ones pushing for intelligent design in the public schools. And the Christians are thinking, oh, this is just going to solve everything in the public schools. Because we're finally going to get our theories in there. Intelligent design is not biblical. It is the original, it has its original roots in 19th century deism. In the New Age movement and currently is in the pseudoscience and mathematics which disbelieves both Darwinism and Biblical Creationism. Yet most Christians think intelligent design is Christian. 
like it's creationism. It is not creationism. Now, deism is a system of religious opinions of those, who's, of those who acknowledge the existence of God. In other words, they acknowledge a higher power. Could be aliens. Could be Zeus. Could be Apollo. Could be Shiva. So they acknowledge the existence of a god. Could be like the Muslims. Their, their god is the moon god. Okay? So it could be the existence of God, but they deny any revelation from that God. It is a religion whose doctrine and practices are discovered by man. So it's a man-made religion. Deism. And this, is, this happens through the process of reason. Independent and exclusive from any revelation from God. So in other words, man's, man's evolving, he's thinking he's creating all these things. Deism beckons man to trust his own heart for life's answers. There is a way which seemeth right unto no man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So anyway, what, what, what this whole thing goes on to really prove is that intelligent design, basically, if you really, 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 really distill it down, where the rubber meets the road, um, New Age authors begin to teach an interventionist creation where aliens came to Earth many millions of years ago, created Earth as we see it here, including humans, and then left. So in other words, we're this big science experiment for the aliens. They were here millions of years ago, they created us and then they left to kind of for us to do our things. The natural process of evolution and natural selection then completed the task of creating the world as we see it today. So they're combining aliens coming here millions of years ago as our creators, creating us, putting us down here in basically like primordial slime soup, and then through the process of evolution and natural selection, we evolved. That's even worse than evolution. Um, so, and then they completed the task of creating the world as we see it today, operating according to the scientific laws which aliens had originally set in motion. Today, the new, that New Age theory that super intelligent aliens intervene in world history at just the right time to create the world as we know it has emerged with a new name and with a new pseudoscience and mathematics to make the concept more believable. The new term is called intelligent design. Now, I emailed this to one of the main, 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 main Christian um, internet uh, groups that are pushing to get intelligent design in the school. And I emailed them, my whole thing here. And most of this is from David Bay's website. And they came back to me and they said, well... We just feel like if we could just get our foot in the door, if we could just get intelligent design, then then we could really be more open to, 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 to get the creation theory. He wasn't denying what I said here. How can both a fountain yield both salt and fresh water? How can we combine a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Well, this is this isn't a little leaven. This is pure leaven. This is pure corruption. How are you going to take something that's purely, purely corrupt and turn it into something good? You cannot do that. So, that's what they were, they're doing here. And so, 
So in other words, mankind descended from aliens claiming to be gods, which leads us to the next satanic lie. Genesis 3, which is, I've already mentioned this today, Genesis 3, verses 2 through 5. And the woman said unto the serpent, this is after the serpent had said, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of the garden, every tree of the garden of the fruit, every tree of the garden, you know, of Eden. And then Eve said back to her, and the woman said unto the serpent, we, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, he shall not surely die. Again, he's questioning God's word. This is how Satan's always worked from the very beginning. For God know that in the day that ye, that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. See, so Satan's presenting her now the carrot. Here's the carrot. Now, you're not going to die, and I'm going to show you the carrot now. You won't die, but your eyes will be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That's what everybody wants. They want to be their own stinking God. I don't want to be a God, personally. I would mess things up royally if I was God or a God. In my state I am right now. Now, now in heaven, when we're in perfect bodies and in sinless perfection, I don't know exactly what God's going to do with us at that point. But I tell you right now, in my state I'm in right now, i got no desire to be no God. I want to serve the one and true living God because I know apart from Him I am nothing. And I don't really want to be anything apart from Him because if I thought I was something apart from Him, then I'm still a liar. But see, people want to have it their own way. They want Burger King religion. You want to supersize that? Sorry. A little, little humor there. Um, they want this Burger King religion. They also want grill cream religion, a little dabble, do you? Sorry. Anyway, so, you've got people that, and this was the first lie. This is the, this is the reason we're all in the state we're in right now, because she bought into this thing. Right here is when it all started, for all our problems. <laughs> started right here. I'm going to give Eve a piece of my mind. No, 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 no. If it was me, I would have I would have probably done the same thing. But I'm just saying. I mean, I, mean, I know that she should have known better. But, <laughs> um, anyway, you shall be as gods. She bought into it. And that's why we're all in the shape we're in because of this, this Bible verse right here. This is why Jesus had to come to redeem mankind. Had this not happened, he would not have had to have come to redeem mankind because they wouldn't have sinned would never have entered into the world. And he came to pay the sin debt through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ever making intercession for the saints. Okay, so now, this is the whole reason all that had to happen. This is the whole reason we got to have a Bible. This verse, if you think about it, because that's where it all started. So, furthermore, political pressure from key leaders across the land has begun promoting intelligent design. See, the people at the top who are the political leaders, who do not have your best interest at heart, trust me, they're the ones pushing for this. And President Bush, being the good, wonderful, born-again Christian that he is, not, is one of the main ones pushing for this. The Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. This is from August 1st, 2005. President Bush said Monday he believes schools should discuss intelligent design alongside with evolution when, when teaching students about cr the creation of life. 
Bush declined to go into detail on his personal views of the origin of life. Why? If you're a born-again Christian, why would you refuse to go into your... Well, I don't... You know, I'm a born-again Christian, but yeah, we probably evolved from slime. No, you're not. You're not born again. Because you don't even believe the Bible. How can you believe? say you, you're a Bible believer and believe the Word of God and say you don't even... Have, what kind of... By the fruit you should know them. Oh, but he's a wonderful man. Don't, don't you dare speak a word against President Bush. He's born again Christian. No, he's not. He's deceiving you. And he's a master of it. And they're laughing at you, and Satan's laughing at you if you think that, that he's born again. Just laughing. Go up to Cutting Edge website, cuttingedge.org. Scan down to the, to the left side of the page and go to the, the, the article entitled The Fruits of President Bush. The Fruits. The Bible says, By their fruit ye shall know them. Just look at this fruit. It's documented fruit. It's not opinion or hearsay. Go to www.bushrevealed.com and see all the further documentation of his actions. That man's the farthest thing from a Christian I've ever seen. At least Clinton, you knew where he was coming from half the time. Bush, you don't know. That's why he's more dangerous. And then Bush says, he says students should learn about both ideas. I think that that part of education is to expose people to different schools of thought. Why would you want to expose, the only reason to expose somebody to a different school of thought would be if you had already really been grounded totally in the truth and you were exposed to different school of thought like Hinduism or Buddhism in order so that you would know how to give an answer because the Bible says always be ready to give an answer for those, you know. That's why I study this stuff. So I can give an answer if a Mormon comes up to me. Hey, Mr. Mormon, do you realize that, that your religion teaches that when you die, ultimately you're going to go and dwell in spirit tabernacles on the planet in, in, of Zodak and that your God lives on a planet called Kolob? This is what the Mormons believe. Out of the Book of Mormon, out of, they have another book called The Pearl of Great Price. You had all these false prophets that have made all these false predictions, especially in Jehovah's Witnesses. But see, if you don't know these things, how do you give an answer to them? They'll come and they'll eat your lunch because you know something? They study how to come after born-again Christians. They'll study. And they'll, they'll tend to eat your lunch. I've had it done to me before. When I was a baby Christian. That was the thing that spurred me to learn all this. Because I didn't want that to happen again. Now, President Bush, by saying this, the, the, the Bible verse that comes to mind is James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Um, the theory of intelligent design says life on earth is too complex to have developed through evolution. Implying that a higher power must have had their hand in creation. Christian conservatives, a substantial part of Bush's voting base, have been pushing for teaching of intelligent design in public schools. And this is beyond compromise, a little leaven leaven of the whole lump. Um, a Christian conservatives are backing President Bush on teaching of intelligent design, but does that mean the concept is biblical? Um, just because they're teaching that the universe was created by a higher power, does that mean it's biblical? Not when they're saying that the higher power is an alien. Um... See, what's happened is since the 80s, advances in biology have convinced a new generation of scholars 
that Darwin's theory was inadequate to account for the sheer complexity of living things. See, people, even, even the scholars have clued into the fact Darwin is, he's out of his mind. Yeah, we were just having a, a, a little discussion um, on this whole thing. Where is this all leading? Now, you had heard me in previous weeks talk about this new show that ABC Family's got on, Kyle XY. This, this, this show that they've also got on ABC Family called Fallen, where a fallen angel, um, the offspring of fallen angels are, are being promoted as good guys and wonderful things. Now, ultimately, that's where this is all leading. And Christians are totally, totally, totally being disarmed and unarmed to handle any of this. It's not being preached in the churches. Oh, that, that, that Dr. Johnson, he's just a freak. He just buys into anything. I've never heard that said about me or whatever. But yet, I put stuff out and nobody can ever refute it. Now, does that mean I think because it's unrefutable? I wish it were refutable. I wish this stuff wasn't true. I wish I didn't have to put this stuff out. But you know something? I don't see very many people doing it. And if you put something out, and it lines up with what the Bible says, and you can verify it and prove it, and nobody's coming to the forefront to try to refute it, other than maybe not even the opposite side, because they're the ones promoting it, then what am I to believe? That, that, that I'm just overreacting? This is the time of the greatest deception that the planet will have ever, ever known. Ever. Shouldn't we look for deception? Shouldn't that be the earmark of this time that we're living in? What was Jesus' greatest warning about the time we're living in now regarding the end times? Be not deceived. Be not deceived. He kept saying it over and over and over again. So am I overreacting when I present this stuff out? Well, you need to just stick to the Bible. I am sticking to the Bible because all this stuff is talked about in the Bible, but unless we know specific instances of how it relates to the Bible, how do we, how do we know how to combine the two? That's why I get into this stuff. I mean, man, I've heard a lot of good sermons over the years. But you need to have a balance. You need to have a balance with this information and good sermons. Lest we be ignorant of his devices. So, um, so since the 80s, these advances in biology have convinced a new generation of scholars that Darwin's theory was inadequate to account for the sheer complexity of living things. These scholars... Chemists, biologists, mathematicians, and philosophers of science began to reconsider design theory. They formulated a new view of design that avoids the approach, which is more modest than its, oh no, that avoids the pitfalls of the previous versions, called ID, intelligent design. This new approach is more modest than its predecessors. Rather than trying to claim Rather than trying to infer God's existence or character from the natural world, it simply claims that intelligent causes are necessary to explain the complex information-rich structures of biology and that these causes are empirically detectable. In other words, yeah, somebody created us. Not necessarily God. Probably could have been some alien life form. But yeah, things are way, 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 way too complex in order to explain this stuff. Do you need some aspirin or something? Oh, okay. Um, now the Bible says in Psalm 14, 1, and in Psalm 53, verse 1, it says, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. 
Romans 1, 1, 20-22 says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Well, are we the things that are made? Well, the, we, see, we clearly see these things. Whether we want to deny, whether we want to say, oh, we, we evolved out of the primordial slime, it doesn't matter. You're still without excuse in God's eyes. Because they're clearly seen. Even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, this is what the Bible says in Romans. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful... That's one of the worst things you can get to is when you're not thankful anymore. But became vain in their imaginations. When you're not thankful, a lot of bad stuff starts to happen. What is one of the prerequisites for being thankful? Humility. And the fear of God. It's all tied into it. Because if you're humble before God and you fear God, you will automatically be thankful. You will be thankful that God didn't send you to a devil's hell. That's one thing to be thankful. There's many, many more. That's the main thing. Okay. So it says, but neither were they thankful. But they became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. I'm just going to keep reading there for real quick. Because I want to show you how this is tied in with homosexuality. Verse 23, and change the glory of God, the glory of the uncorruptible God, into an image made like to corruptible man. So in other words, they, this is idol worship, and these are things of that nature. They, they, this is Romans 1, 20, verse 23. We're continuing. So they made the glory of God, an un uncorruptible God, into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. And this is the pantheon of gods that we see over the years. There people worship all kind of crazy stuff. Owls and half-human, half-whatever things and, and all these stuff. But that's what happens when you basically say, well, God didn't create this world. Uh, it just, you know, it's... it's and then, then they become unthankful. And they become vain in their imaginations. And then their heart is darkened. And then they profess themselves to be wise, but in God's eyes they're fools. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. This is the next thing that happens. Through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So this is all a byproduct. You buy into intelligent design, you buy into evolution. What's the, what's the end byproduct? What, what, what did we just talk about was the end byproduct? Sodomy and homosexuality. Pink swastika. Um, Sparta, Nazi Germany, this country, which is where we're heading, they dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I mean, before we were just talking about how for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by things that are made, even His eternal power, so that we are without excuse. Well, how do we get from there to this? It's what happens. It's a progression. It's a progression of depravity. Once you start thinking that you that you that God doesn't have anything to do with the world and creation, you become unthankful, your heart's darkened, all these things start to happen. And then it says, who changed the truth of God into a lie 
and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. Why would you want to serve a, cre a creature or a, or a devil or a God? Because that devil or God or creature isn't going to hold you to a high mor moral standard at all. He's going to say, yeah, have sex with that guy. Do this and that. Do whatever you want. In fact, I'll give you more powers if you do it. There's no accountability. Now, he may make you jump through 26 hoops, but there's going to be no moral accountability. In fact, the moral accountability is going to be less and less and less and less and more and more and more depraved because behind these images that these things that these people are worshipping, whether it's, it's some god they have or whatever that they've erected, shrine to Mary, whatever, behind these things are devils and demons. That's, and they're going to influence you to do these things. So they're going to end up worshipping the creature more than the creator. This is where it all ends up. Satan knows what he's doing and he's very good at doing what he does. For this cause, God gave them up to undo vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use, which is against nature. Lesbianism. And likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. That's where this all ends up. Men with men, working that with which is unseemly. Homosexuality. Now we got all the way from basically embracing intelligent design, now we're, we're all the way over to sodomy. But I'm telling you, they're, they're intricately connected. Nature worship, sodomy, witchcraft, evolution, intelligent design. It's all linked together. See, I like to go where the end product goes. Because, see, Satan's, Satan said, the Bible says Satan was the most subtle beast of the field. They're the ones that you have to watch out for most. Those that are most subtle. And, but where does that seemingly harmless subtlety, where does that end? What's the end product? What if, the, what if this person was at one time really on the brink of going down the road wanting to get saved, and then all of a sudden somebody introduced intelligent design. And then that led to evolution. And they go down that road. And this is a person at one time that looked as though they were going down the right path. And they go down this path. And it was so subtle at the beginning. Intelligent design. Wow, maybe... Uh, where did it all end up leading up? Here. Where does this end up leading? To the lake of fire, ultimately. You really, really want to extrapolate it forward. See, a million years from now, all that's going to matter is who's in the lake of fire and who's in heaven. That's where the rubber really met the road. So, it says that they did change the natural use of the body, and then, then it goes on to talk about men. And then it says, "...and receiving in themselves that recompense of air which was meat." Now, they received in themselves the recompense, meaning they were recompensed. They were, they were, um, recompense means to be almost rewarded, to be given something. So, these people that have done all this, when now here we're talking about lesbians and homosexuals, essentially, the ones that got into nature worship and, and denied God's power of creation, that they receiving in themselves the recompense or the reward of the heir, which was meat. Now the word meat in, in the King James Bible means fit or proper. 
So the recompense of the air that they're living in, that they're receiving in God's eyes, is fit and proper. The lake of fire is fit and proper for them. Now, does that mean God wants everybody to go to hell? No. Okay? But if you go down that road, and you stay down that road, and you continue to reject God, Jesus Christ, then that is where you're going to end up. Not my rule book, God's rule book. I'm not judging, I'm just presenting information. Biblical information that's very, 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 very clear in the Bible. And it will be neat, or fit, and proper. Okay? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the wages of sin, unrepented of sin, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, paying your sin debt through His blood, through His death, burial, and resurrection, unpaid sin debt, you will burn in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. That is where you will ultimately end up, via the great white throne judgment. First you will be cast into hell, then you will be taken out, and at the end of the thousand year tribulation, judged at the great white throne judgment, and then you will be cast into the lake of fire for eternity. Okay, now that's that's just the facts. That's what the Bible says. And um, now the Bible says it's his will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And God also says that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But, People say, well, God loves everybody. Well, he said, Esau have I loved. Or, no, no, no. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What's that about? Esau continually rejected God. Jacob was a usurper. And that's what his name means. But, hey, none of us are perfect. And praise God, if Jacob could get saved with all the crazy stuff he did, well, praise God, there's hope for, for anyone, you know, if they want to come to that. But he said, Jacob, have I loved? Jacob did a lot of bad stuff. David did a lot of bad stuff. I'm sure if God looks down at us, we can, he, he can find all kind of bad stuff all of us have done. You know, I know I have. Well, praise God. It's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we're saved. And that is, the, that is the determining factor. We do it through the Lord. For you are saved by grace. What grace? The grace of God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith. Faith in who? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that He paid our sin. That We have to have that faith. Okay? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, believing implies... Not only just believing Jesus was a guy who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, but believing implies believing the Word of God and acting on the Word of God. Because if you really believe something, you're going to act upon it. But a lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus and live like the devil. Well, if you believed Him, then you would believe His sayings. Jesus said, you are my friends when you keep my sayings. You keep my words. Keep my word. Okay? And again, by their fruit you shall know them. So these are these are kind of little rabbit trails I'm going down, but they're all kind of related. So these are things that we need to bear in mind um, about salvation and about these types of things that, that we look at. Um, 
And then in verse 28 it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. See, most people don't want to retain God in their knowledge because God requires things of us through the Word of God that chaps most people's hides. Most people don't want to do what the Bible says. And they would rather just let their pastor, who's most of the time sending them to hell, go up there, well, he studied, he went to cemetery, he knows better than me, and I'm I'm not going to be a Berean, I'm not going to study this stuff out. I'm just going to do whatever feels right. And my pastor's not convicting me any otherwise. He's got his perverted Bible that he's preaching out of most of the time. And so, most Christians don't want to retain God. The only God that they want to retain in their knowledge is the God of love. He's all love. Yeah, he's also a God of judgment. He's a God of balance. That's the thing about God. He's a God of balance. He's not just off on one one end of the spectrum or another. I mean, there's the love of God and there's the fear of God. There is, there, there's so many opposite attributes that are God. And I mean, there's judgment and there's love, okay? The love is primarily manifested through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He paid it all. So again, getting back to that one verse, for you say by grace through faith, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, it's not something you do, you don't earn yourself into heaven, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, it's a gift, you freely receive or you freely don't receive it, not of works, in other words, again, you don't get to heaven but through your own works, lest any man should boast. Because if you could get to heaven on your own power, which is what 99% of all people are trying to do, you could boast about it when you stood before God. Well, God, I was wanting. They're not going to be boasting. No. Uh-uh. I tell you what, when I get to the judgment seat of Christ, I just think I'll just automatically go into the fetal position and, 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 and humble myself as much as I possibly can before Jesus Christ. Because I'm afraid of the judgment seat of Christ. I am afraid of that thing. I, I, whoa, I am, um, I am not looking forward to it, now, if I get there, and it's a much more pleasant thing than I had envisioned, great, but I would rather err on the side of safety, and, and fear God, and just have that attitude, I mean, let's face it, if you get to the Jesuit seat of Christ, at least you're not going to hell. You know what I mean? But the Bible also says that some will be saved, yet so as by fire. Now what that means, I don't really know. But it does say they're ultimately saved. Okay, but it says that so as by fire. That doesn't sound real great. Wood, hair, stubble? Well, all of our works are going to be tried with fire, it says. Those that are wood, hair, and stubble will be burned up, and they will lose reward. But the gold, silver, precious stones won't be burned up and they will be refined in the fire. As silver is tried in the fire, what does that do? It burns out the dross. The dross is the impurities of the silver. So our works are going to be tried for what they really are. What's your motivation behind your works? What's your motivation? Um, Which is really going to be the primary thing that the fire tries. Your motivation for those works. Was it because you wanted to be the big man on campus? Was it because you were trying to be seen of men? 
which is because, was it because you were trying to be highly esteemed among men? The Bible says that he that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I'm pretty sure Jesus said that. I'm pretty sure that's in the Gospels. Well, I know it's in the Bible, but I'm pretty sure it's in the Gospels. So, that's what's going to be tried at the judgment seat of Christ. So, Going back to verse 20, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And that is these homosexual acts that were, that were just talked about in the preceding verse. These things which are not convenient. Okay, that's... that's um, now, reprobate means lost in sin. Just lost in sin. They can't even see straight. they got so much sin in their life. They don't see things straight anymore. They see good is evil and evil is good. But the Bible says, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And put darkness for light and light for darkness. The Bible also says in Proverbs 17 verse 13, Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from their house. These people will typically reward you evil for good. You do them good, they do you evil. Whether they curse you behind your back, whether they do open evil to you, whether they put a curse or a hex, if they're involved in witchcraft, I don't know. But they will award you evil for good. But the Bible says, Whoso awardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from their house. There's a woman. Place, I'll just say this. A place that I've worked before. We found out that there's a woman that works there that is a witch. On her business card, on her on her business card, on the very very bottom of it was was marked that um, part of her email address was witch woman, and I mean it was spelled it was R witch woman, the letter R witch woman at whatever dot com. Saw this, I went to the lady uh, um, that owned the place, and I said, "What is this about?" There's all kind of telltale signs that, that she's a witch. And when confronted with it, she said, well, what do you want me to put on there? Like, our chef woman or our janitor woman or something? She got real flippant and sarcastic. She didn't deny it at all. She's a witch. Her daughter's heavily, heavily involved in the gothic scene. Big time. She's been caught reading books on witchcraft at work. She wears this big thing on her hand that we have... We have um, it looks, I, I was up on the internet last night and we figured it out. It looks most like that. Big, big ring on her hand. And it's like an upside down pentagram with a wolf's head in the middle. Which is really, really seriously nasty stuff. Um, that's the inverted pentagram, which is one of the highest signs of witchcraft. And this is called a Baphomet wolf. Baphomet is also called the goat of Mendez and it's basically a representation of Satan. And it's the main god or deity of Freemasons. The Freemasons. Okay, She's wearing one of these on her hands. On a, on a ring on her finger. And I had done an evaluation on her for health-wise. And, and uh, she... Uh, I mean, if what she said on her symptom survey was accurate, 
This woman had more health problems than anybody I had ever seen. Been in more accidents, had more bad stuff happen to her. And you would look at this, and as a Christian, my first thought of is that if you're telling me the truth, you're under a curse. You are under a curse. You have to. You could not have this much stuff happening to you and not be under a curse of some sort. Well, the Bible says, Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from their house. When you are a witch, you are constantly rewarding evil for good. You're going around, you're doing your spells, your incantations, your hexes, you're cursing people, you're doing this, all for the sake of getting what you want. It's the most self-centered religious system there is. But you know something? It's the religion of the tribulation. It's the religious system that we're all... Not all, but... But it's the religious system that, to a certain extent, we're being immersed in right now. We're being prepared for. It's going to be the religion of the tribulation. You don't know that. Yes, I do. Because Daniel says that the Antichrist is going to be an understander of dark sentences. Dark sentences in the Bible is representative of high-level witchcraft. He's going to understand witchcraft like nobody else. And then it says that he will cause craft to prosper. Witchcraft. Well, how do you know? Maybe that means arts and crafts. No, it doesn't mean arts and crafts. It is not underwater basket weaving we're dealing with here. It is craft. There was a show a while back, a sitcom, probably on ABC Family, which was called The Craft. And it was about like three teenage witches and all these things they went around to do and these, these types of things. Uh, um, there's been all kinds of shows on witchcraft. And it was called The Craft. Daniel says he will cause craft to prosper. Witchcraft is going to be the one world religion. Now, it's probably going to be under the ultimate covering of the great whore of the Catholic Church. Most likely, it's going to be under that covering. But witchcraft is going to be this one world religion. And then they're going to amalgamate all the other religions underneath the Catholics. And it's going to be the great whore of Revelation. But witchcraft is going to be really what's behind that. Well, what's getting us prepared for that? Harry Potter, the star children we see on TV, the shows that ABC Family's putting out, Fallen, Nephilim, all the things that Hollywood's putting out. What's that? Well, yeah, Madonna and the Kabbalah, all the rock stars, all the movie stars, all these ways the public schools are conditioning children. You could go on and on and on. So, that's what the earmark of the, of, the, of the coming one world religion is going to be, is witchcraft. So people say, why do you study all this? Why do you, you know, you're just, you're giving the devil too much glory and all that. No, I'm not. I know what's coming. And there's hardly anybody else doing this. Because they don't want to deal with it. David Bay is one of the few that I've seen really want to deal with this. But even they... Even they don't really show you, okay, well, no, I shouldn't say about David Bay, because David Bay really does go way further than most people do. But I'm talking about, well, then how do we deal with this from a spiritual standpoint? How do we, how do we equip ourselves to deal with this onslaught of witchcraft that we're coming into? That's what I'm trying to do and help equip people to do. So it says that, then it says, being filled with all unrighteousness. Now, this is an earmark of these people that were just described. Be filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, 
backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. Now that's a big one I see. Although, especially with a lot of women and their kids. Without natural affection, it's, it's warped, it's perverted, stuff that goes on. Now I'm not saying there's not a lot of men that that's not the case. But some of the things I see mothers do with their kids... It's like, you don't give a flip about them. You don't care about that kid, or you wouldn't let him do that. You let him get into all this occult stuff, and you let him get on those video games, and you, and you, and you, and you, let, you let the video game raise your kid, you let them read those Harry Potter books and call yourself Christian. Oh, well, focus on the family said it was okay to do. Dr. Dotson gave his, Chuck Colson gave his approval about Harry Potter. He said it's harmless. It's high-level witchcraft. And that's coming from witches. Doubt that? Go to Last Trumpet. Last Trumpet Newsletter. LastTrumpet.org, I think. And hear from a former witch how dangerous Harry Potter is. I mean, that stuff's straight from the pit of hell. Yet there's so many supposed Christian parents that are just letting these avenues raise their kids. Harry Potter. The TV. The, all the brainwashing they're getting in public schools. And then they expect their kids to turn out right? It's an impossibility. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. The more they're exposed to that, the more leaven they're taking in. Now, I think it's good to a certain extent to expose your kids to this, not because you want them to participate in it, but to expose them and say, this is evil. This is good. This is evil. This is good. So they know the difference. So that they're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you don't ever, if you isolate them and don't, don't let them ever see any of this, well then how will they even be able to identify it as evil? That's why I so harp on this stuff. Because we're being overwhelmed with it, and the Christian church is silent for the most part. They'll only really, really get up in arms about the really, really flagrant, super obvious issues. Sometimes it's in regard to abortion. Which is incredibly important. But it's like, there, there, there's, there's a lot of other things that need to be addressed that they just ignore. Because if they chose to address those, they would lose money and prestige. And they'd have other ministries talking about it and other people. Well, the Bible says that we need to be crucified with Christ, according to Galatians 2.20. It says, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I do not live, but Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in you. We're supposed to die to self if we're crucified to Christ. Now, when you die to self, you also die to your own reputation. I'm not popular with a lot of people. Oh, well. My life is not a popularity contest. Do I try to seek to go to offend people? No. But truth, especially... George Orwell said... He said that speaking truth, and this was on my DVD, speaking truth in times of, u of universal deceit is a revolutionary act. We're in a time of, of, of um, universal deceit right now. If there's ever been a time of universal deceit. So when I speak these things, or when you go out and speak these things, or put this information out, It's like a revolutionary act. But what matters? Is it matter to be does it matter 
because you want to be highly esteemed among men, or is it better is it is it better to be right with God? Because truth will always offend. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's going to offend. Some will receive it, some won't. But it's our job to warn these people to be salt and light, as Jesus called us to be salt and light. To not hide our our lamp under a bushel basket. For what good is it there? To not bury our talents in the field where, 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 where they cannot be used. That their blood would not be required at our hands. Now, again, that was spoken in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 3 and 33, where he says, I will require the blood uh, watchmen at, the, at uh, the blood of the people that perished because they weren't warned at the watchman's hand because the watchman didn't warn them. How that's all going to play out at the judgment seat of Christ because we're in a different dispensation now, I, I don't know. All I know is there is a biblical application there that we should take heed to. Whether their actual literal blood is going to be required at our hands now, as it was maybe um, in the Old Testament, I don't know. But again, it's one of those things I would rather err on the side of safety. So, um, all you can do is in your given representative situation, in your people that you can influence, where God opens the doors for you, do what you can do. And the more you do, the more responsibility God will typically give you. You know, that's just the way it works. He's not going to start you off, um, you know, where you're like doing an internet radio program where you're reaching out to people every day. That's not where he starts you, okay? Um, Typically, he will start you slow and then progress you up and progress you up and progress you up. And as, you, as you're faithful with what he gives you, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, then he gives you more. Uh, but there's also greater reward in that in the end, too. There's, there's more rewards that you're actually earning. So, um, and I'm just going to read this last verse. And this is referring to all these people who, knowing the judgment of God, they that which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Misery loves company. Sin loves company too. They have pleasure in the other people that... See, they want to pull everybody down to their level because if they're doing something really, really debauched and, there's everybody, and they're pulling everybody down to their level and everybody else is doing it, then they feel better about themselves. What a great motivation. Um, so, note that the creators of intelligent design did not attempt to infer God's existence or character from their observations of an incredibly complex world, a world which they acknowledged could not have come into existence on its own through limitless accidents over billions of years, which is essentially what they believe. Accidents don't ever make things better, number one. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Or if it did happen one time, you're not going to have it happen every time, that's for sure. You know what I mean? And it would have to be limitless accidents in order for us to have evolved into what we are. It's, it's just so asinine, the whole concept of it. The God of the Bible intended that man would come to a knowledge of him, his son, and his gospel through observations they make in nature. That's why this Bible verse is in here in Romans. All you got to do is look up, breathe, wow, water, food, it's all here. Hmm. We're just the right distance from the sun so that we don't burn up or, or get too cold. 
Our atmosphere is just the kind of perfect to believe. Our bodies are created in this way, and they're infinitely complex. Hmm. You know, none of this could have come together by chance. That's basically what they're saying here. You know, that's what God's trying to trying to show us. So the God of the Bible intended that man would come to a knowledge of Him, His Son, and His Gospel through the observations they make in nature, among other things. Therefore, it is unbiblical to the highest degree to recognize that a superintelligent creator had to have designed the world but stopped short of identifying himself as Jesus Christ. Because that's what they're saying. Well, these aliens wanted to kind of be behind the scenes. They didn't want to take too much credit for anything. You know. So they just kind of hid themselves away. On this point alone, intelligent design is shown to be unbiblical and therefore unworthy to be supported by genuine Christians. Um, intelligent design supporters admit that the superintelligent aliens could have created this world. Quote, now this is from their sources. God could have designed the universe to produce life by random events, um, by random events following nature, laws of nature. God could have created superintelligent aliens who are experimenting with natural selection. Superintelligent aliens could have evolved by natural selection and then it introduced the process on our own planet. Unlike earlier generations of creationists, proponents of intelligent design do not believe that the universe was created in six days. Indeed, they shun the label creationism altogether. These are the ones that were promoting intelligent design. They're denying six-day creation. They're saying superintelligent aliens are coming here. Yet, the born-again Christians are rallying. we got to have intelligent design in the schools. What is this getting us prepared for? Uh, this is just unbelievable to me. Oh, yeah. All the, all the biggies are supporting this. All of them. I mean, they're all rallying around this one. I'm telling you. This reality should be enough to persuade any fundamental Bible-believing Christian that intelligent design is not scriptural and therefore should not be supported by any Christians. Yet Fox News article quoted above clearly states that conservative Christians are pushing President Bush hard to support intelligent design, which he's clearly done. So they're the ones pushing him. The, the, the Christians. Isn't that great? Intelligent design is generally silent about the identity of the Creator. No Bible believing Christian can remain silent about the identity of the Creator. By their fruits you shall know them. John 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same in the beginning was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and a life was the light of men. What does light do? It exposes darkness. So the life that was in Jesus Christ was the light of men. Light exposes darkness. Light you can see. Oh, wow, I can see. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. What is that in reference to? When Jesus came here and walked the earth for 33 years, that light shined in darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not for the most part. Most people didn't get saved. Even after Jesus had done all the mighty miracles he had done, most people forsook him at the end. Even his own apostles did. Now, I'm not saying they didn't get right later. We know Judas didn't get right, but he never was right. The Bible says that he was a devil. So, this is 
the word, the word, capital W-O-R-D. That's how it's spelled in the King James Bible. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same in the beginning was God. All things were made by Him. He's the Creator. Jesus Christ, the Word, was the Creator. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. That includes the universe. Jesus Christ. You think it might anger Jesus Christ a little bit when we attribute all these things being made to super intelligent aliens and we call ourselves a Christian? Yeah. It's like it's like the Bible talks about storing up wrath for the day of judgment. Then Jesus, then just to make sure the reader understood that the Word was Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit inspired John to write in verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among men. There's no doubt now. <laughs> no doubt. Here's another quote from the... Uh, <clears throat> Intelligent design people. The concept of intelligent design has attached a number of evangelical Christians, has, has attracted a number of evangelical Christians. Um, including believers in literal Genesis who see it as a helpful new strategy to crack the foundation of evolution. You can't use something that's corrupt to crack evolution. You use the word of God to destroy evolution. The sword of the spirit which is one of the implements in Ephesians 6 of the full armor of God that we're instructed to put on. The sword of the Spirit, it says, which is the Word of God. <clears throat> Jeremiah 23.29 Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? I believe that's Jeremiah 23.29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Yes, it's Jeremiah 23, 29. That's an awesome verse. I quote that thing all the time. I do. Is not my word like as a fire? We need God's fire in today's day and age to burn up these wicked works and these wicked theories. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? That's the word of God. That's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. So these are the things that we need. See, the word of God will expose this. It's, it lies. It'll burn this up. It'll break it. So, the concept of intelligent design movement has attracted a number of evangelical Christians, including believers in literal Genesis. Whatever. Whatever. I, I don't care if they say they believe in literal Genesis. They're, they're, they're still denying God. Little leaven, leaven the whole lump. They're going to have to make a decision whether they're going to serve God. Choo choose whom this day you will ye shall serve. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. They're going to have to choose. I'm not saying they may not go down the wrong rabbit trail for a while. I know I've been there. But I'm saying that if they're really, truly born again, saved, Christian, they're going to get right back on the right trail again, eventually. Why? Because the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth, and scourgeth. And if ye be, be without chastisement, you're bastards. Bastard is an, is an illegitimate son. Not a real son. 
So if these people can go down these rabbit trails and stay down them and have no conviction of God, nonetheless, how could they be saved? The Bible says they're, they're, they're as narrow as the way that leadeth unto life eternal, and that there's few that be that find it. And in that same portion of Scripture, it says, by their fruit you shall know them. So, now I'm not saying all this to try to be Mr. Judgmental, or what, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I speak this to myself as a Christian self-check as much as I say it to anybody else. So it says, they see it as a helpful new strategy to crack the foundation of evolution, which undergirds most of the world's cultures and schools. Many biblical creationists um, realize that intelligent design doesn't go as far as we like. But think that this is a reasonable price to pay for what they see as a potentially effective thin edge of the wedge strategy. Just, we'll get this into the, we'll just wedge it in. This is evolution in the schools. We're going to get this intelligent design in here. We'll get our toe in. No, we'll get our pinky in. We'll get, our, we'll get the end of our pinky in right here. Yeah, if we could just get that in, we could, we could get, drive that thing in and open it up and expose evolution. Give me a break. It's a corrupt, godless theory to begin with. Great, now we're going to have evolution and intelligent design together. So we still evolved from primordial sludge, but the primordial sludge and the plants were actually created by superintelligent aliens, and we were some big science project. That makes me feel so much better about everything. I'm so much more strengthened in my faith, knowing that, you know. I mean, if that's the case, we just need to stop meeting every Sunday. Which is not the case, and it's totally asinine, the whole concept. But, you know, but this is the, this is the exact thing that that big, gigantic ministry came back to me and said, I think it's D. James Kennedy. I'm almost positive it was him. I emailed him. They didn't deny one thing in this article. They didn't try to refute one thing. But they basically, this was their, this was their reasoning. But they think that this is a reasonable price to pay. So how much concessions do we give to the devil in order to, in, in order to get what we want? He, that will never work. The thin edge of the wedge strategy. Oh, that's biblical. That's biblical. You know. Unfortunately, the Bible says that a little leaven, little leaven of the whole lump. They reason, let us just get the camel's nose inside the tent and then we can concentrate on these other issues. Let's win one battle at a time. That was their exact thing they, they basically came back to me and said. This pragmatism sounds like the old adage that any enemy of my enemy is my friend. While that adage may hold some attractiveness in human philosophy, it is totally unbiblical. However, evangelical Christians during this year have taken a number of positions based on pragmatism rather than the word of God. Well, it seems right, feels right, I don't think God would be mad compared to what the Bible says and see if God's going to be mad. Who cares about your opinion? Um, this sad scenario is similarly based. 2 Corinthians 6.14-17 says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial, and what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? 
For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said. And I will dwell in them, and then walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. What if you don't come out from among them? And what if you are touching the unclean thing? How can God receive you then? How can He receive you? How are you going to get your prayers answered, even if you are saved? Things to think about. But a lot of Christians, this is just one little thing that a lot of Christians are going along with. And I'm not saying that every single person that is, that is going along with this intelligent design stuff is not a born-again Christian. Because most of them don't even know what intelligent design is all about. They don't even know. They're just believing their pastor or President Bush and taking their word for it. Jeremiah 17.5 Cursed, no, thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. They're trusting in men. And you're under a curse when you do that. Now, where is this all leading? Well, these, these shows that I have talked about recently, Kyle XY, Fallen, where you've got you know them basically promoting the fallen angelic race um, as the good guys and their their offspring, which are called Nephilim, as this one Nephilim is going to arise that's going to be the the redeemer of all the fallen angels, and then they're going to finally be able to get reconciled to God. I mean, it's it's, it's right on there, and and um, you can go up there and watch the video clips on ABC Family. I wouldn't necessarily buys it because they're wicked. ABC Family, but these shows are wicked. Um, they're, they're, what they're doing is they're preconditioning us for this whole alien, fallen angel, uh, UFO agenda, which is going to be revealed, trust me. Now, most Christians avoid this subject like the plague, but what? Satan's behind it. You think he might ultimately have a reason that he's doing this, or is, or is it just a mere distraction? No, it's not. They are shoving this down our throat. If you watch TV, which I don't advise, I've only watched any of this on the internet, these, these clips and stuff. And, the, and What I'm trying to ascertain and find out, though, is what is the ultimate agenda of these shows? With this Fallen show, they've got all kind of things where they're promoting these these um, these Nephilim, which are when you have a fallen angel breeding with a with a woman, which is what happened in Genesis chapter six in Noah's day, and, it, and then Jesus said, "Such as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man." When's the Son of Man coming? At the end of the seven year. Well, I, I believe it was in true reference to the end of the seven year tribulation when he comes back and defeats the armies of the Antichrist in Armageddon, Armageddon, in Israel. Okay? But that's the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That's the day and time we're living in. We're very, very near that right now. There's not a whole lot more hap that has to happen other than, really, World War III, I believe, which is where, the, out of the ashes of World War III, the Antichrist will arise, and then the seven-year tribulation will start. That could happen very, very quickly with all the stuff that's going on in the Middle East right now. We could literally be, I would say, months away from the start of the tribulation at this point. 
So we're in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day. What was the greatest earmark of the days of Noah? The greatest, most single common denominator of the days of Noah. I'll tell you what it is. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they came down and took them wives as they so chose. And then it said, and in those days giants walked the earth. And if you translate that word giants in the King James Bible from the Hebrew, that word is translated Nephilim. What are Nephilim? Nephilim are the the, the um, byproduct of when a fallen angel procreates with a human woman. And it was the greatest earmark of Noah's day. Why would I say that? How, how could I be so dogmatic about what I just said? It was the greatest earmark. Because God had to destroy every single person, man, woman, child, animal. Why? Because the Nephilim had come in there and corrupted the seed. Why would they corrupt the seed? Why would they want to corrupt the seed? I'll read to you why. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, and meaning he had deceived Eve, and they had, then sin had come in, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go, and, and dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity, enmity between thee and the woman. Enmity is, is like a battle. War. And between thy seed... The serpent's seed. Serpent has a seed, it says. And her seed. The woman's seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Ultimately, when Satan's head got bruised, was when Jesus Christ did what he did on the cross. But God so chose to use the human lineage to do that. You want to get the human lineage of Jesus Christ? Go to John 1. Or no, Matthew 1. Matthew 1. Read there. That, there's his lineage. From Adam to basically Mary when Jesus was born. That was the seed that was going to ultimately bruise Satan's head. Okay? But God told this to Satan. Satan says, huh. Says that the woman's seed is going to bruise my head. I don't think I like that too much. I'm going to try to corrupt the human seed that's going to bruise my head because God said it was going to happen. I'm going to try to corrupt it. How did he do that? The main, 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 main way he did it is in Genesis 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God, which, were, which are the angels... Every time you do a keyword search for the sons of God in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, and, the, and remember, comparing Scripture to Scripture, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How do, we, how do we know these things? We compare Scripture to Scripture. Every single time the phrase, the sons of God, is used in the Old Testament, it is always in reference to angels. Every time. Go to the book of Job. It occurs, I believe, two or three times in the book of Job. Now, in the New Testament, we are actually referred to as sons of God. 
But in the Old Testament context, sons of God always, always, always is in reference to angels. Job 1.6, Job 2.1. Those, those are the two verses. And I think it's in more than that even. Okay, so that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives all that they, which they chose. It, is this, what I'm doing today, is this too redundant what I'm telling you? Or is this interesting? Okay. Because I'm, I'm kind of going someplace with this. And they took them wise of all that they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man. For that he shall also be flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. This is when the lifespan started to get shortened. Main reason, well, I don't even want to go down that road. But if you want to know why the lifespan, the physiological reasons for the lifespan getting shortened, get Kent Hovind's DVDs. Dr. Kent Hovind where he does the finest exposition on creationism versus evolution I've ever seen. He tells you what the pre-flood environment was really like, and it's pretty amazing. Okay, now, then it says, there were giants in the earth in those days. Now, that word giants in the Hebrew is translated Nephilim. Nephilim is a hybrid crossbreed of a fallen angel and a human woman. These were the byproduct of the sons of God coming down, procreating with women. And also, after that, so it says, there were giants in the land in those days, in the days of Noah. And then it said, also that, after that. What, what, what could that be in reference to? It could only be in reference to after the flood. Well, how can you prove that? Because when, when um, Joshua went into the promised land, these giants had filled the promised land because, again, Satan had prepositioned his race, his seed, his seed, because it says he's got his own seed, he had prepositioned his seed in the promised land because God had promised the promised land to the children of Israel. He had prepositioned his seed in the promised land to, to be a discouragement and that fear would come upon them and that they would not carry out the God-given commission that God had given them. And it worked. Put it on hold for 40 years because when the 12 spies went in, only two came back with a good report. The other 10 convinced the other millions of the Jews that they couldn't overcome them. So that whole generation had to die before they were actually fit in God's eyes to go back in and actually take the land. So, this was, this was where we get in also after that. Okay? When the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bear them children, and they bear children unto them. These are giants, the giants they're talking about. And the same became mighty men, which were men of old, men of renown. Um. So, and the God saw the, that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. What was the fruit of these giants? These these half fallen angel, hybrid offspring. What was the fruit of this? The fruit is, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. That's what will happen. Does it seem kind of wicked to you now? Huh. Where we're at? Hmm. Maybe this is going on and we don't even know about it. Maybe this could be why there's all these things about alien abductions, women turning up pregnant and all of a sudden the baby's gone. Maybe this could be why we're, we're, we're being conditioned to accept cloning of human beings which would be like replicating somebody in a test tube. This Kyle XY, that's what the show's about. This kid is actually a clone 
created in a governmental laboratory, and he got out because his dad, whose DNA they used to clone him, he looks just like his dad, his dad takes pity on him and lets him go. He's a clone. He's not human. He does not have a belly button. He doesn't have a belly button. How are, how does that work? The umbilical cord is attaches it, and that's where the baby gets its nutrition in the womb, via the placenta. How can you not have a belly button? Well, if you were actually engineered in a laboratory through genetic engineering, you can do it. Now, granted, there's a lot of technology that has to be applied to that, and there's a lot of demonic things that have to be, be applied. But they're conditioning us to accept the clones. What did I say? Oh, yeah. So they're conditioning us um, to accept that. That, that hey, you watch. You're going to start seeing people popping up. This guy doesn't have a belly button. Hey, man, Kyle XY didn't either, man. They've got, a, they've got a whole thing on his website where you can go up and do like gene splicing and swapping and things of this nature. That's why it's Kyle XY. The X and Y stands for the XY chromosomes. He was created in a laboratory. It's preconditioning us to accept this. And then you got Fallen, this other show, Fallen, which are preconditioning us to accept Nephilim. And they're going to actually be the redeemers. They're going to be the good guys. And on the show, what they do is these Nephilim can go around and heal people. Do great and mighty miracles. Thus deceiving many. Jesus said that that was going to happen. He said that when, when they say, Lo, Jesus is here. Lo, Jesus is there. Do not come unto them. And they will come with all lying signs and wonders. And do many miracles. It's on its way. If all Satan has to do is do one miracle to, to, to get somebody to buy something, hook, line, and sinker, and they go to hell and ultimately the lake of fire forever, what skin is it off his back? He's, he's happy with that. He's just deceived you. You would rather put more, more faith in that false line, sign, and wonder than you would ever want to put in the Word of God. It's, it's easier. It's easier. It's not going to be easy when you're in the lake of fire. So it says that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil, was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had even made man. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and a perfect in his generations. Perfect in his generations? What does that mean? We know Noah didn't walk in sinless perfection. We know he didn't. The only one that's ever walked in sinless perfection in the face of the planet is Jesus Christ. Period. That's it. There are none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So this is not in reference to Noah being perfectly with, with, without sinless perfection. Actually, the context is a very upright or sincere, godly man. As Job was. Job wasn't perfect either. Okay, But he was the most righteous man on the earth. He was perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Hmm. But it said he was perfect in his generations. Now, let me just read this. Noah and Edek are the two antediluvian. When you hear the word antediluvian, that means 
pre-flood. The antediluvian time is pre-flood. Okay. There are the two antediluvians of whom it said that they both walked with God. Enoch. Now Enoch is quoted in Jude. The book of Enoch is quoted in Jude. Is it canon of scripture? No. But the word of God thought so highly of the book of Enoch that it actually quoted it in Jude. They both walked with God. Enoch was translated that he should not see death. That's in Hebrew 11.5. It says that. He becomes a type of saints who will be caught up before the tribulation. Now this is, this is Schofield's take on this whole thing. Noah preserved through the flood is a type of Israelitish people who will be preserved through the tribulation. That's, that's Schofield's Um, the ark is a type of Christ as a refuge of his people from judgment. In strictness of application, this applies to the pre- preservation through the great tribulation. And Christ will be their only their only ark through... Tri- I mean, you're going to have to totally rely on, on the Lord Jesus Christ through the tribulation in order to get through it. Now, many of them will be beheaded for this. But they're still going to be relying on Christ. Okay? To do it. You're not going to do it in and of yourself. You're not going to psych yourself up be a big man on campus. I'm just going to go to that guillotine because I'm strong enough. No, you're not. You're only going to be able to do it through Christ. That's it. And you better you better get yourself humbled to that thought. Because if there's any part of you that thinks that you're going to do this on your own and of your own power, you will fail. You will run from that like a scared little schoolgirl. But through I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. That's the difference. Okay? Now, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. In his generations. It didn't say he was a perfect man and sinless perfection. It said he was perfect in his generations. What does that mean? What it means is, is that God said that I've got to destroy man who I created, but he said I also got to destroy beasts, creeping things of the air, the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I've made them. Why would he have to kill all the animals too? Because these fallen angels who have procreated with, with women are more depraved than anything you could possibly ever imagine. And their offspring are more depraved than anything you could ever imagine. They are the root source of all sin. They are attempting, they attempted in Noah's day to defile every single thing that God had made. The land, the beasts, the fowls of the air, the fish. You know something? In the book of Enoch, it confirms that they did that exact very same thing. They defiled the animals, the fish, the fowl, everything. All kind of wacky, nutty crossbreeding and all these things. Now, I'm just reading this book by a guy named Patrick Henry. He presents a very, 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 very good case that the, the, that the pyramid... You know how we see all these gr- the great pyramids of Egypt? that those pyramids were made pre-flood, before the flood, because we don't even have technology today that can build those pyramids. Those blocks, some of these blocks that are used in some of these buildings are like 100 tons. We don't have equipment that can move a 100-ton block. There are things that, like the Great Pyramid of Giza, we couldn't build it today if we wanted to. There's no way. We don't have equipment to, to, build, to lift rocks that big. Well, how did it get made? He presents a very, very convincing argument that the fact that 
these were actually built by these, these antediluvian races of these fallen angels in the Nephilim, and the Nephilim were giants, and they could move things me and you couldn't move. That they actually built these pyramids. And they were the ones that had this demonic technology. Now, in the pyramids and in a lot of the writings on ancient Egypt, you will see pharaohs depicted and strange creatures on the walls like half hawk, half human. I mean, the thing's got a hawk head and a human body. And if you go over there and take tours of Egypt, they'll say, oh, this is just symbolic. You're telling me they went out of their way to etch this stuff and sewn something that was just totally symbolic? Uh, I don't know about that. They got half... Uh, one has a jackal head and a human body. One has a human head and like a... some type of animal body. And they're all over Egyptian stuff. All over this stuff. Etched in stone in the pyramids. You're telling me they just did this for no reason? Well... This makes total sense to me because what we have here is we have the sons of God taking the daughters of man producing this extremely wicked generation. A generation so wicked that God had to destroy the whole world for it. That was the earmark of the time that they were living in. So much that he even had to destroy the fowls of the air and the birds and, 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 and the animals and all the things. Why? Because their seed had been corrupted also. Every seed had been corrupted. A lot of people say, well, God, how, how could God do that? He, had, he killed little kids. They're, they were corrupted. Their seed was corrupted. Once the seed is corrupted with the seed of Satan, there's no redeeming that seed. You cannot redeem something that's half fallen angel. Remember, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. You can't redeem it. I don't, I don't see any biblical precedents for people that would be half human, half fallen angel, or whatever, being able to be saved or redeemed. Or, I, don't, I don't see anything in there. Well, how could you say that? How do you know? You got... All I can tell you is that said Noah was perfect in his generations, and that was the only family that was saved on the entire planet, because the whole entire planet had been corrupted. Their seed had been corrupted. God had to wipe out the whole world and start over. That's how bad it got. You think God wanted to do that? No. said that it grieved him that he even made man. But it wasn't his perfect plan, that's for sure. Of course, I shouldn't say that either, because I don't want to put God in a box. God knows the beginning from the end. But all I'm saying is the Bible says that God says he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, what I just said was really heavy duty. Really, really heavy duty. But the reason I'm saying this is because the more I study this, the more obvious it becomes. And then we, we see the words of Jesus. Be not deceived. And, it says, so, and then he said, so it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of man. He also said, so as it was in the days of Lot. What were the days of Lot? Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where Lot was taken out of. What are the earmarks of our time? Well, homosexuality is rampant. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sin, wickedness. Well, what was the earmarks of Noah's time? The imagination of the thoughts of the people and their hearts were only evil continually. All they ever thought about was evil continually. That's how bad. That's where we're coming. That's where it's getting. Said it was going to be that exact way in today's day and age. Oh, brother, just stop this. You Just let love and let God and let go. 
Why are you getting into all this? Why, why, you know, this is such a downer. It's all negative. God's a God of love. Don't you know, brother, that we're gonna, we're gonna take back the kingdom? We're, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna bring in the kingdom. Brother, don't you know that? You're not my brother. You're a devil. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing. The Bible says that it's no, it's no marvel if Satan can transform himself into a minister of, of an angel of light. It's no, it's no wonder if he can, it's no marvel that he can transform his ministers in angels of light. There's a lot of angels of light ministers that are of the devil, that are preaching a false, feel-good, prophesy unto us smooth things. Take away this holy one of Israel. But the Bible says, seek ye the old paths, wherein there is wisdom. This is the old path. I'm just telling you, this already happened. Are we as Christians in today's modern day, in today's modern world, are we going to learn from the mistakes of the past? Are we just going to ignore what's obviously laid out in Scripture, what Jesus said is going to happen, and act as though it's not going to? Is this why they're conditioning us on TV about all this junk? But, you know, you can't preach this stuff in the church because they'll think you're a kook, a kook, whacked out. But you know what's going to happen when this stuff comes to a head? When they have their... It's, it's, there's, a, there's a name for it. And it's very, 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 very much talked about in the UFO community. It's called the... Uh, it's the day when this all comes out and the government comes forward and says, Yep, these aliens have been here. We've been working with them for all these years. They're, gonna, they're just going to call them little green men from Zeta Reticuli, the star system, whatever they're going to do. They're not going to identify them as the devils that they are. They're going to basically identify them as good guys. They're here to help us. They, yes, they were our creators. And yeah, you know, this big science project they made, which is us, kind of went awry. So they got to come back and basically straighten everything out. Don't you think that's how the sons of God came down to earth when they took the daughters of men? Don't you think they deceived all humanity so much so that God had to kill every single thing on the earth? It's going to be no different. And all of this that we're going through right now with the TV, with the media, with all the, the shows is preparing us to accept that. With Harry Potter, with all these things, it's just preparation to accept that. You think they were doing some genetic engineering back then? Well, why in the world would Egypt, all the pyramids, have all these pictures of these half-human, half-hawk, half-alligator, half-human, all these things? Why would it have that if they weren't doing genetic engineering? Do you know what we have today? So much going on in science, genetic engineering of human beings, cloning of animals, cloning of people. Trust me, if they're cloning, if they're cloning... Animals, they are cloning people. I guarantee you, it's just not quite all out in the open yet. They're cloning the. Um, they're they're doing genetic engineering and manipulation of plants. Most of the food you buy in the store now, most of the produce, things of that nature, is all genetically engineered. They have played God. They have taken genes out of this one and this one and this one, and they've cross combined them and, and, and done made all these weird science projects. They've got a strain of rice that actually has, uh, what is it, like the, the, the DNA of a human brain or something. They, they have done so much mad scientists, genetic manipulation, and it's an abomination in the sight of God. Why are they doing it? Because they're trying to defile the land, they're trying to defile the food, They're trying, and then you eat the food. 
it's not going to help you to eat the food. Trust me. Does it mean that means you're not saved? No. But Satan is trying to kill us and take us out and corrupt us in every possible way he can corrupt us. Through the food, through the water, through the air. Through every, through the media, through every avenue he can corrupt us. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what's happening right now. He did the same thing in Noah's day. And it got so bad he had to wipe out the whole earth. And even Jesus makes reference to that, that if he didn't shorten these days, that no flesh would be saved. That's how bad it's going to get. He's going to come back before it gets that bad. And there's not going to be just eight people getting saved through the flood. Of course, ultimately, I don't believe Ham and his wife were saved anyway. Because look at what Ham did. But they were saved through the flood. Anyway, um, this is the um, this is ultimately where the rubber meets the road with all of this. What time is it? What is it? Twelve thirty. Let me just let me touch on this yoga thing real quick because I'd already started on the yoga thing. First Lady Laura Bush has been so bright and pleasant nearly every single day lately that many people have inquired how she can possibly stay so sunny and cheerful. We learn her secret. No, Laura is not a born-again Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> For many months, First Lady... Now, this is from Science in Brief. This is from Yoga Science in Brief, July 16, 2005. For many months... First Lady Laura Bush's glowing good looks have been the subject of much commentary in the press. Now the secret of her vibrant health and noticeable weight loss is a matter of public record. According to the India Times magazine, India, which is where Hinduism comes from, and yoga, Laura Bush, like millions of other Americans, have now made yoga a regular part of her physical routine. Cutting Edge Ministries has been warning that yoga is witchcraft for a very long time. Um, in many of the previous warnings. Exactly what is meant by white and black magic? The occultist believes that the forces of universe are allowed. Each individual free will to determine for themselves whether they will use the secrets and the powers of the occult for good or evil. If a person chooses to ex exercise his occultic powers for good, he is said to have been embarked on the right-hand path or white magic. If he uses his powers for evil, then he is embarked on the left-hand path, which is black magic. Um, the New Age Dictionary defines the right-hand path as the journey to wisdom based on faith, light, avoidance of sensual pleasures, and the perfections. The left-hand path is the tantric path. Tantric. Tantric yoga. Way of magic, occultism. Tantra is further defined as meditative sexual union in Hinduism, Buddhism, and yoga. Hitler's early preparatory reading was ancient Rome, the Eastern religions, yoga, occult, occultism, hypnotism, and astrology. That's what Hitler's early upbringing was and how he got so defiled and so nasty. Now we have another link between Adolf Hitler and President Bush. Both men are members of black, the Black Magic Brotherhood of Death, secret societies. Hitler's secret society was called the Thule Society. While President Bush's society is the Skull and Bones. He's a member of the Skull and Bones. He's openly admitted it. The Yale Skull and Bones Society, which is one of the most satanic societies ever... His, the planet's ever spawned. And now we learn that First Lady Laura Bush is a practicing yoga, the same Eastern mystic meditation religions that Hitler studied. Um, 
Yoga is designed to attain an awareness of life by following a specific discipline to merge the consciousness with that of the universal spirit. Um, I'm just I'm just hitting the high points here. We received some very shocking but revealing informations about Pope John Paul II from a sister Christian organization, former Catholics for Christ. In the newsletter, um, uh, dated January, February, March of 1998, they revealed Pope John Paul allowed a Shiva priestess to create the traditional Shiva mark on his forehead. Shiva. Remember I mentioned that God today? The main, main God of Hinduism, the God of destruction? And they put the mark on their foreheads. That's the Shiva mark of destruction. That's where they're going to have received the mark too. See how this stuff is tied together? Of course, this event will cause any person to sit up and take notice that the Pope allowed the um, the Shiva high priestess to create this mark on his forehead. It doesn't, it doesn't cause me to really take notice. It doesn't surprise me. In the book of Revelation, the false prophet and the, le- and the leader of the New Age global religion, the Antichrist, causes all people in the world to take a mark on their right hand or forehead. Therefore, it is a big deal when a pagan priestess causes a mark to be made on the forehead of the Pope. Um, most of you don't know what the Shiva religion is, but we'll take a few moments to enlighten you. The, the New Age Dictionary des- defines Shiva as the Hindu god of illusion, yoga, animals, aesthetics. Now remember, this is the New Age Dictionary. They're not going to paint the, 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 the picture that he's the god of destruction either. While practitioners of the Hindu god of illusion, yoga, animals, and aesthetics place a mark in the middle of their foreheads of their people, that is most definitely the preparation for the final mark of the beast. It is a very big religious deal when the first lady, Laura Bush, practices yoga every day. Millions of people look up to her as an example. A lot of born-again Christian women, I'm sure. Um, and they will try to emulate her. And don't you think that that's going to cause untold millions of supposed Christian women to say, well, if she's doing it, yoga can't be that bad. I can do it too. If it's good enough for Lord, it's good enough for me. Um, when yoga teacher urges her students to stretch like trees, Benjamin Wolfgang gets up on his toes. Now this is from the Associated Press in New York. Jenna Kantz opens her palms to the ceiling. Jenna is four. With two years of instruction behind her, she's only four years old, a veteran in an increasingly popular activity, Yoga for Children. For my, my mom, when I was a little kid, gave me a book called Yoga for Children. I never did, never got into yoga. Because my mom, I was, I was brought up with yoga. My mom did it ever since I've been a little kid. And she ended up getting that one lady that I told you about into yoga. And that woman went off the total deep end, started her own studio, went to all the four corners. She's the one with the gas mask I told you about. Came back. She's, she's, she's so far off the deep end, you can't even hardly talk to her anymore. But they feel as though they've been so spiritually enlightened. Um, for teachers like theirs, Jody Kodamar is a fast expanding business. Two years ago, she taught 50 children a week at her next generation. Oh yeah, it's the next generation of yoga studio on Manhattan's Upper West Side. Now they're 150, paying $20 per 45-minute classes. Clearly, the children enjoy themselves as they slither like snakes, bark like dogs, and try to dodge the midst of court. Tries to dodge the mist. Courtner sprays on them, saying, "This is rain. If you like rain, then be a tree." America's leading her precious young children religiously astray. Additionally, 
tens of millions of Americans across the entire spectrum are practicing this form of Eastern meditation religious religions. And now our First Lady of the United States is also doing this. America's free-falling in the prophesied abyss with President Bush and his wife leading the way. I saw some things this week, or, or it was last week, on... They're referring to the generation now, of children now, as, you know, there was Generation X and all these others. This generation is known as Generation Porn. Pornography. Because pornography is so prevalent on the internet and it's so easy to access unless you have filters on your computer that the children are just getting indoctrinated into pornography. And this article that I was reading took me to some links. It said, if you don't believe this, look at just the terminology the kids use. These weren't images. These were just like terminologies like this phrase means this. I had never heard of one of them. Never had I heard of... And I was pretty far in the world when I was growing up. I was exposed to a lot of this stuff at a very, very early age. I, I clicked into the site. And again, it was no images, but it was description. It says, okay, this phrase means this. I could not even believe what I was reading. What is going on with kids nowadays? What they're doing sexually is so far beyond anything you could possibly ever conceive in your head. Sick. Disgusting. Perverted. I'm serious. I had never even thought of these things before. I read this in, in horror. Not because I'm some prissy goody two shoes. I just couldn't believe what I was reading, and these and it's so common that they actually have these phrases for it. the whole litany phrase. I didn't read them. I didn't want to read them. I was getting sick. I got I started getting a stomachache reading this stuff. It was almost like the Holy Spirit that was in me was grieved by even me reading this stuff, and there was no images associated with it. I could not believe what I was reading. How defiled and how what is going on with the kids nowadays is unbelievable. Oral sex on buses, the, the bus rides home, it's no big deal. That happens all the time on bus rides home and back. The girls don't look at it like sex. They look at it like we're still preserving our virginity and yet we're still having a good time. They have these things. There's a whole book devoted to this. They're called Rainbow Parties. I probably shouldn't be saying this. But this is happening. This is happening. And, and if it doesn't get exposed, then they put on, there will be a group of girls there. This goes on sophomore, freshman, middle schools. They put on different lipsticks, different color lipsticks, and they give oral sex to, the, to a whole group of boys, and they call it rainbow parties. This is something common. I never even heard of this. There's another thing I just found out from a guy I was talking to the other day. They're called farmer parties. And they go and they take all, they get, they grab all their prescriptions from their granny and from their dad and mom, because everybody's so whacked out on drugs anymore. They all got their prescriptions. And they pour them all in the bowl, and they mix them all up, and they just take them at these parties. I, I mean, I can't even conceive what's going on anymore. And yet, this is commonplace. There's books written. I, I, it was on Amazon.com. They got whole books written about it. 
the sexual promiscuity that's happening right now, and that's the main, main, main. You want you you want the devil to really, really get into into you and control you and influence you. You start having sex with other people. Oral sex is sodomy. I can prove that. Oral sex is sodomy. It's a form of sodomy. Oral, sodomy just isn't a man having sexual relations with another man. Sodomy is any unnatural use. And I, I, I'm going to prove that. In, in fact, I've already done a whole sermon on that very, very same subject. And most Christians think, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm telling you, you better be careful. But this is going on commonplace in the schools. And, and it's only getting worse. Worse and worse and worse and worse. I, I had never saw anything like what they're doing with these phrases that was in this. And I'm not even going to describe it to you because it's, it's, beyond, it's beyond anything that you should even talk about. Like the Bible says, don't even discuss the unfruitful works of darkness. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's like the whole homosexual issue. When I was reading this, I'm thinking, this doesn't even remotely get on my radar screen as being something that could compute where somebody could even possibly derive any pleasure from this. But evidently they are. It was incomprehensible. So when I read in Genesis that their thoughts were only evil continually, and God had to destroy the whole world, and they had defiled both man, woman, beast, everything that walked the earth, I'm thinking, and you got all the, the, the shows on, I'm thinking, man, we are in the same exact time. We are in the same exact time. The technology is there to do it all. The only thing keeping this is God's mercy and His praying remnant. And those that would be saved, that God knows the beginning from the end, He knows who's going to get saved. So anyway, um... That's pretty much all I've got for, for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God, for all your goodness and mercy. Lord God, for saving our souls, Father God. I praise you for that. And I thank you. And when we worship you, Lord God, as the one and only true God, the God that created us, Lord God, I pray to God that we would never, we would always be bold for you, God, that we would never deny you, Lord God. And Lord God, where when we do fail you, I pray to God that you help us, God, to get back on track. Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form. God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, that you would cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults, Lord God, that they would not have dominion over us. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. As your word says, I just pray, God, that you would do this. Lord God, not only for us, the people in this room, for the people listening to this audio, for the body of Christ, for your praying remnant, God, I pray to God that we would wake up to the truth, God, and that you would show us, because ultimately, Lord God, the reason that you show us truth is so that, especially if it's evil, so that we can pray against it. So that we have, because if nobody knows it to be evil, then who could be praying against it? So, Lord God, I bring out these things to these people so that they can know, so that they can pray, so that they're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not so that we can glory in, in, in the shame of these things. But Lord God, there's such little truth going forth from the pulpits across the land. 
I pray, Lord God, that your fear would be upon these hirelings, God. That you would remove the hirelings from the pulpits. Of course, Lord God, the churches are 501c3 corporations, God. So, ultimately, Lord God, I only see this really coming through the, the home church movement. And I just pray to God that the home church movement, God, would be blessed and not operate in wickedness. And it would, and it would operate in truth, Lord God. And that, Lord God, you would save those, God, that can be saved. God, that you would send laborers into the harvest, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the laborers were few, Lord God. But I pray to God you'd send them into the harvest. For it's your will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And God, that through this your name would be glorified. And that through the body of Christ, you would use many, through the body of Christ, to lead many people to the Lord. That your name would be glorified, God. That your, that your fear would fall upon the sin-sick world. Lord God, that you would destroy the wicked works of the enemy, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, through the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, through your angelic host, God, I pray, God, you even go forth this day to conquer the wickedness that is going on in this sin-sick world. I pray, Lord God, all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.